Today is Thursday, April 30th, and this is Celtics Beat on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio-video coverage of the Boston Celtics. I'm Adam Kaufman. Episode 362 with Yahoo Sports NBA writer Keith Smith is brought to you by Awaken 180 and BetOnline.ag. Visit the website or use your mobile device and join today to receive your new welcome bonus. All right, welcome back in, everybody. Now, I want to begin with some news. Per stadium and athletic NBA insider and writer Sham Sharania, one possible playing ground for the NBA if finishing the season becomes safe for the league and players, Walt Disney World Resort properties in Orlando. But see, here's the thing. Our pal Keith Smith from Yahoo Sports, other outlets as well. You certainly know him, Celtics blog, everywhere else, very close to the seas. He was on that Disney suggestion two weeks ago. Disney is the happiest place on earth, but Keith made the happiest man on earth because everybody remembered he had it first. Keith, how are you, buddy? Take the victory lap. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm doing great, man. I appreciate you, you showing a little bit of love here and then on uh, on the Twitter machine. That, that was a lot of fun last night. We're in the middle of eating dinner when all that happened. And then all of a sudden my phone's getting, I'm getting texts and they, they, people are dropping tweets and texts and everything else. It was wild. So it was a good night. Well, you know, there aren't a lot of times that an NBA writer can pick up followers during the quarantine, during the hiatus (laughs) of sports. You found a way. So obviously not only happy for you, but happy that we have something really interesting to discuss here. And Keith, for those who don't remember, was actually on our last show before the shutdown in early March. So while it may feel like an eternity ago, it was less than a couple months ago. So maybe you can help us come out of this whole situation or at least begin <laughs> now nice. you yeah you wrote about this you worked for the walt disney company for about 20 years mostly at disney world so you know the layout you know the ins and outs you're very familiar with the property everything like that why is this a great option for the nba over other suggestions we've heard like obviously las vegas there's been atlantic city the bahamas anywhere else well, what I think makes Disney the best idea is they have a few things to offer that I don't know that uh, the other places suggested like Las Vegas, Atlantic City, the Bahamas, Nassau, that they can offer. You've got to have the hotels and housing. Well, Disney has that in space. They've got nearly 20,000 hotel rooms on property here in Florida, uh, ranging from the you know upscale uh, with suites to the you know value resorts and the like and those kind of things. So that's pretty, uh, that part is they, I want to couch this all too. But anytime I say it's easy, none of this is easy. It's not, <laughs> none of it is really easy. But that that part is covered. You've got the hotel rooms. Then you've got to have the basketball facilities. Well, I know a lot of people come here on vacation. I know you and your family have been here several times. Mm-hmm. And not a lot of people go to the ESPN Wild World of Sports Complex unless you're here for an event there. And it's, so it's a little bit of an unknown uh, part of the property. But they've got the ability there to put together between 12 and 15 full regulation-sized uh, basketball courts that they could could uh, put together. They they host a college tournament every year in their main venue called the HP Fieldhouse. That is where the, uh, the uh, Advocare Invitational over Thanksgiving week hosted there every year. And then they have a building called the Visa Center, which the Visa Center is, I've been calling it akin to an airplane hangar. It's just a gigantic wide open space that can be configured into whatever it is you need. And they could definitely set up courts in there. And then they have another 
apartment building uh, right on property there at the sports complex, aptly named the arena. It was uh, primarily built to house the college and high school and uh, younger cheer and dance competitions, but it, it can be set up to have as many as three courts in it. Um, as well. So you could definitely set up game courts where these would be where the main games would be played and broadcast. And that's what a lot of people say, well, Las Vegas does that every summer anyway for summer league. But if you've never been out there to, to cover it, if you can go, it's amazing to go because summer league is awesome. But if you're out there covering this teams just for their practices and shoot arounds and things, they're spread all over creation in Las Vegas, high schools, elementary, private gyms and the like. So that's another thing you need to be able to do. You have to have the training facilities. You have to have the medical facilities. You have to have places to watch film and all that. Well, Disney can do all that in spades. And then what I think really sets Disney apart from any other option is the ability to create that crucial bubble. Uh, that's one of the things we've heard Dr. Fauci talk about. If anybody's going to do this, you got to be able to make a bubble. You know, that's the only way to work. Las Vegas can do it to an extent, but again, UNLV, which would have to be the hub of this, is off the strip where all the main hotels are. So you got to get the players from the hotels to the strip. And Las Vegas is a city. It's a public city. People live and work there every single day. You can't shut that down. Where Walt Disney World is a city, but it is private property. It's the size of a city. A lot of people don't know. It's twice the size of Manhattan, 39 square miles um, Mm -hmm. there. So it, it is massive. And what they could do is they could definitely carve out a chunk of their property and say, once you're in, you're in. The only other people who get in are the people who want to come in to do food deliveries and the like and those kind of things. It is, um, you know, that is something that can definitely, you know, be set up and happen, but it can be really shut down and locked down easier than I think a real true uh, traditional city can be. Disney does this on a semi-regular basis anyway when they have things like the marathons, they do road closures and redirect traffic and all that. And they could set that up with, again, relative ease compared to a lot of these other plans. All right. So as you outlined, Disney has the places to stay. It's got the courts. It's got the equipment. They've hosted college tournaments before Disney's wide world of sports complex. The bubble, of course, as you talked about, and the ability to deny access from the outside world, aside from obviously medical care needs, things like that. Florida has been deemed, uh, pro sports essential, <laughs> essential like the WWE. Yep. So that helps here. But what are the concerns about Disney? Do you think? Yeah, there's definitely Florida is still, despite the fact that we're reopening the vast majority of the state, there's still concerns that there's a lot happening here uh, with the coronavirus and that. But our governor gave a press conference yesterday when he announced the reopening that things aren't seemingly as bad as we thought. And most of that seems to be combined to South Florida, um, not here in Central Florida where uh, Disney is located. So hopefully that would you know, alleviate a little bit of that. But, you know, you still have people coming in and out and those kind of things. Another concern is you're asking these players to give up a month, two months, two and a half months, however long it's going to take away from their families to to do this and to be here at Disney the entire time. Now, what I'll say on that is I was texting with a player yesterday and he said, man, I've been with my family for a month and a half. I'm ready for, for a break. <laughs> he needs a break. <laughs> you know, I'm ready to go back to work. And these kids, you know, man, I'm not a teacher. I'm not cut out for this. And, you know, and a lot of these guys that I've talked to said, well, yeah, if I can bring my family, it's really even better in a lot of ways than my regular setup because when I leave, I might be gone for a week on a road trip or the like here. I'm leaving for a few hours to run off, play basketball. I can come back, hang out with them, play at the pool or whatever, and do those kind of things. So you've got that, uh, part of it there. Um, and then the other piece is how are you going to staff it for the Disney side? 
is because you've got to have people in these hotels to serve food, to do the housekeeping, to do the custodial mm-hmm. work, the maintenance work. Well, some of those folks are still already working, a small handful in each uh, location. But, you know, Disney, again, I, the 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 size, I think a lot of people don't realize there's roughly 90,000 cast members that work here in Florida. It's the largest, largest single site employer in the United States. And when you have that many people, um, unfortunately, the vast majority of them are out on furlough right now. Mm-hmm. So what you can do is you can get those people to come back. I have family and friends who are on furlough that would 100% jump back to being able to get back to work because for them, what it really comes down to is some of them are single. They don't have family. They don't have anything like that. So that's very, they're like, get me back to work. I'm ready. And others are, they're the sole provider for a family of five or six people. So it's, hey, if I got to get back to work and we do this kind of quarantine shelter in place somewhat regularly as Disney cast members when there's hurricanes. It's something that is, you know, it's a reality of living here in Florida. You're going to have hurricanes. And whenever we have one from anywhere from a day to seven days, you shelter in place in the resort and you kind of, you know, move in and live there for as long as it takes to get that over with. So, you know, and again, the blessing of size, when you're picking out of, you know, 70, 80,000 people who are out of work, you're going to get the few thousand people you probably need to be able to pull this off and make it work. And that's working alongside all the folks the NBA teams would bring with them anyway, you know, their own equipment people, their own uh, food and beverage folks and chefs and the like. So, so I think you can clearly make this work if need be. So let's go kind of one at a time with a few of the things that you just mentioned. First off, with regard to the resort, because again, you're talking about the the 30 teams and equipment staff, not just all the players, but coaches, some executives, whether that's maybe general managers, maybe they're not even there and they're watching from a distance and staying outside of the thing. There, there are obviously broadcast crews, things along those lines. Can all the resorts that are there, and they're, I mean, they're wonderful and there are so many and they're spread miles and miles of, of space, but can it accommodate all of those people at one time or would you have to really kind of zero in on okay we're just starting with the playoffs and it's going to be a smaller deal and so that's going to you know knock out 10 teams if you still did some sort of a tournament to get yourselves into the playoffs something smaller or it's going to you know knock out half the league because you're jumping right in with where the standings left off or like I said I mean can you bring everybody in and all of the different people that come along with those teams yeah, I think you can. Um, again, Disney has, you know, over 20,000 available hotel rooms on property. And that's, and that's, you would only need a fraction of those for the NBA. The, the average NBA traveling party for a game is between 50 and 100 people. Uh, you know, we usually somewhere around 60 to 80. And I know a lot of people are like, wait, why? There's, you know, 15 players that are on a roster at a time. Well, it's, you know, like, you know me, I'm a technical guy about this stuff. It's, it could be 17, you know, actually on a roster. But then you've got up to 10 assistant coaches. You've got trainers and doctors. You've got their own PR staffs. You've got the in-house media folks. You've got all these people who travel with them. I think it was kind of illuminating for a lot of people when you had the entire Thunder team and traveling party had to be tested, or I'm sorry, the Jazz rather, when they had that Rudy Mm -hmm. Gobert incident in the Thunder game, it was 58 people, I believe, or 59 people. So, and they're one of the smaller traveling parties in the league. So, so let's, let's, Say it's 100 on the high end. It's 100 people that go with each team. And then let's say the league needs to bring in 100 people themselves. And then there's even another 100 that, you know, the broadcast partners, the ESPN, TNT, need to bring in between themselves there. Well, now you're talking that's 3,200 people. That's not 
you know, crazy. You could really, between a couple of hotels, give everybody a room to themselves and off they go. And if they're now, if you're bringing family and friends, well, that's a little bit different. I think you'd have to limit that to, you know, kind of, you'd say, all right, well, who would come with you on a Disney vacation? All right, well, that's who can come with you to this kind of thing. If they're going to allow them to bring their family, you know, maybe they, you know, do that. But it's one of those things where I think when you start putting it together, and I know a lot of people are like, they're not going to stay at the value resorts like Pop Century of Art or Animation or those things. Well, if they were coming to go on vacation, no, you're absolutely right. They're not. They're going to stay at one of the high-end deluxe resorts. But the reality is they're coming to work. These guys have stayed throughout the course of their lives in places a lot worse than those hotels. Now they don't generally, mm-hmm. once they're in the NBA, they're used to staying in places like the Four Seasons, but heck, Disney even has a Four Seasons on property now, mm-hmm. um, which is a place some of the teams have started to stay when they come down here to play the Orlando Magic. Um, that's become a place that some of them have stayed, especially with some extra time. The Celtics stayed there uh, for a few extra days and did a couple of days at Disney and played before a preseason game down here this year. So it's, it's one of those things as you put it all together, it just makes sense that you can really start to figure out pretty easily how to house these guys. I happen to really like art of animation. Keith. I, do I could, too. I, I, I could true. totally see Daniel Tice sleeping in a lightning McQueen bed <laughs> or something like that. With the little mermaid bath, bath, uh, bathroom, right? Yeah, absolutely. When uh, you talk about the broadcast crews, because you mentioned ESPN, TNT, whomever else, given obviously the partnership that exists between Disney and ESPN, you know, under the same umbrella. I think most people know that. Would you, as a way to sort of save on bodies, not have as many people there, would you have a much more scaled down kind of broadcast crew? You wouldn't have the same team doing every game across the league, obviously, but would you say, all right, well, teams, you're not bringing all your TV and radio announcing crews. You know, we're, you're not even necessarily going to bring anyone. Maybe we have all network people do this and we're going to have whatever, a couple dozen people as opposed to six people per team or something like that. Yeah, you know, I I think you could certainly do that if you wanted to limit the number of people here for any number of reasons, including of, you know, just safety concerns, the less people you got to worry about, the easier it should be to keep people safe. So you could certainly do that and say, hey, we're only going to use some of the national crews that are that are available i think you'd have to set this up to be you know you're playing you know probably a minimum of four games at a time sometimes if it's a playoff type uh, environment you you would set it up just like we would see in the first round of the playoffs and that's usually Mm -hmm. four different broadcast crews there and then four at another site so you're talking maybe eight eight crews and maybe you do that and say hey these these games are just going to be on national tv and if maybe the regional sports network wants to pick it up and air it too that's fine we can work that out and figure it out but we're going to pick it up with this broadcast. I think it's something we normally, you would say, no, we would never do that. It's got to be yeah. Mike Gorman and, you know, Brian Scalabrini. And uh, we know Tommy doesn't travel anymore. And Abby, they've right. got to be the crew um, here. But, you know, desperate times call for desperate measures. Different times call for different plans and the like. And I think you could, you know, set that up to, to, be, to be that way where, you know, hey, we're only going to do this. But even if you needed to bring those people, I think you could still accommodate that too if teams were really insistent of, you know, hey, we want to have our people there. Because a big chunk of what the NBA wants to do is they want to be able to deliver on those regional sports uh, network contracts that they have mm-hmm. of, you know, hitting the benchmark amount of games. And that's part of the push to not just come back and jump right into the playoffs. You know, if there's some form of regular season, that's part of it is they want to be able to do that. But, you know, that's the other thing with these facilities too at the Wild World Sports Complex. They're all broadcast ready. 
you know, they broadcast events from there all the time. It's a junior mm-hmm. national, uh, uh, NBA, junior NBA national championships are there. World championships actually are held there. The AAU national championships are held there. Charity dance, that's all held there. And then obviously the college basketball. A lot of people don't know too. It used to be the home of the NBA draft combine was there for a number of years mm. before they moved it to Chicago. The Braves hosted spring training there. The Bucks did their spring, uh, spring, uh, fall, uh, training camp there as well. So, you know, you had a lot of people there. So it's, you know, I think one of those things is, uh, you know, it's, it's not, uh, it's not this, you know, little, uh, hole in the wall high school gym that mm. I've seen some people try and portray, portray it as. If you've been following me on Twitter, you may have noticed I'm finally doing something about my weight and my health. I decided it's time to get back to my MVP weight. So I started Awaken 180 Weight Loss. I'm already feeling fantastic. The best part, I'm already down nine pounds. I could have hit the treadmill for a year and not seen the results that I've had with Awaken 180. Just like during my plan days, Awaken is all about losing weight and focusing on nutrition, coaching, and science. No pills, no gym. As you know, I travel a ton, but no worries there because Awaken 180 has a worldwide program. I can still have my weekly consults via Skype. When I'm back in Boston, I visit the government center location. Besides healthy living, my favorite part about Awaken is free support for life. We are all stuck at home these days, but join me and get healthy. Call the solution for weight loss. Awaken 180. Weight loss. Get on board just as I did. Go to awaken180weightloss.com. No, I mean, to that point, like for people who think that teams have have big traveling crews or a lot of personnel or even summer league in vegas that's a lot of personnel go check out a cheer and dance competition (laughs) or a volleyball competition (laughs) where you see all these teams all these kids in from across the country in one convention center in a city i mean thousands upon thousands of people you find a way to make it work so in in many ways a lot of facilities are kind of already prepared for things that are much larger than what it is that we're talking about with the NBA. Yeah, I think it's funny. I was talking to a friend who actually, he works over at the sports complex. Uh, Before I wrote the article, I was like, hey, let me bounce these ideas off here. Let me you know, fact check a little bit to make sure I'm not just spouting off nonsense here. And he was like, no, you're on it. He goes, and honestly, he's like, this wouldn't be that big of an event for us. He's like, they they, they had the AAU national championships. They had over 400 teams there. You know, for that, all different age groups from, you know, eight-year-olds all the way up to 18 and 19-year-olds. And he's like, it's just, it's what we do. This is what the the place is set up for. And, you know, and I think people don't realize, too, the Magic Kingdom, on an average day, 45, 50,000 people are coming through there. Disney cast are set up and trained to do this. This is what, what, you know, Disney does better than anybody in the world is manage large events and put things together in a, you know, in a way that makes a lot of sense. One quick break just to tell you, with no NBA, NHL, or MLB going on, you might think there's nothing to bet on, but you'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner, Bet Online, still has hundreds of events, games, props to wager on, from their online casino to poker, blackjack. They're bringing Vegas right to you. You missing the NFL? No problem. Bet Online has live daily Madden NFL 20 simulations that you can wager on. It's true. If you're into entertainment betting, 
that's fine. You can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, even the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. All open 24 hours a day, all online. Visit the website or use your mobile device. Join today to receive your new welcome bonus. That is Bet Online, your online wagering solution. Let's get back to Keith. So there's a plan right now off the Disney subject, at least for the moment, to reopen practice facilities in states that have loosened their stay-at-home restrictions. This would happen May 8th, which is, of course, about a week away. Massachusetts has not loosened these restrictions, by the way. So the state's stay-at-home order, in fact, extended to May 18th. So we're not even really talking about the Celtics necessarily. Broad strokes. It's a glimmer of hope. That's clear. But Is this even practical as you sort of assess it? I mean, given all the restrictions said to be placed on the workouts themselves, the distance between people on the court, some wearing masks, coaches can't participate, only a handful allowed in the building at a time, no group activities, so on and so forth. It's like, it's one of those where, you know, you see an ad on TV and it looks really great, but wait till you read the fine print and all (laughs) of a sudden it's not quite as exciting. That's sort of me what this feels like. Yeah, there's a little bit of that. And I think, too, this is really illuminating to folks that not every practice facility is built equal. You know, the Celtics just opened their new one, and it's amazing. It's, you know, by all accounts, is one of the best ones in the league. And then some others are some others are still practicing, you know, in, in shared facilities with, you know, other teams and colleges and the like and those kind of things. So it's, it's uh, you know, that you've got that. But I think why this is important is, is it's some semblance of getting back onto the court for some of these players. I know, right, let's use Jason Tatum as a very real example. People were, yep. how does he not have a hoop? You know, what's going on with this? And I'm not saying this was the case with Tatum because clearly not, right? He added a hoop sometime in the last week or so. But a lot of these guys, when they live in a city, they live in a, a high-rise apartment. You know, when their apartment's probably nicer and bigger than my house, but, but they are, uh, <laughs> they don't have a basketball court, you know, in there and they don't have a place that they can go to, you know, get shots up. And it's not as easy as put a hoop in the driveway. Not all these guys have a driveway. I know there's a handful of Orlando Magic players who they live downtown, not set up to, to do anything like this. This is why you're getting those reports of these players who are, I haven't touched a ball since the last time we played a game and those kind of things. So I think this is important to start getting back to that. It allows the medical staff and the trainers to see them again, because when you're looking at them on zoom, it can be like, yeah, they look pretty good, but you're getting only a little bit of a sense. Then you get them mm-hmm. in and it's, wow, is the guy's a little heavy or, you know, he looks a little slow or whatever. We can push this guy harder. We get to back off on this guy. Cause that's the big thing that trainers are concerned about is you can't jump in and go zero to a hundred and right back into it. These guys are, these guys never take this much time off. Even in the off season, it might be downtime of a week or two. And then they're back at it and working out and playing and those kind of things. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I think that's really important for them is to, to get that set back up so that they can get those guys in there and see, but yeah, it's got a lot of restrictions on it. It's not, it's a, it's, it's a lot more like if you and I went to the gym and shot around, that's going to be a lot more like that, but that's better than the whole sitting on my couch, you know, for another two weeks. But I think the league is also part of why the league, some of these States are, they're reopening tomorrow, May 1st, uh, Friday, May 1st. And the league said, well, let's pause on this. Let's hold on. Let's see what this looks like. And let's try to set up a little bit more of a fair playing field here and get a sense of what this looks like. Let's everybody wait till the eighth. And I think, if we get news from the league on the first, like we've been kind of hearing, I think that's part of what they'll touch on is this whole return to practice. 
Well, what about the reporting too, Keith, that some of these teams were taken aback? You know, it was a small group that were even consulted. Others didn't even know that this was a discussion being had behind the scenes. Is there, and I have, I have been among those commending, obviously, Adam Silver for being at the forefront of this, the way he's handled his media availability, the, the way that he has just approached this entire thing. But is there some element of uh, not everyone being on the same page when it comes to, all right, where do we go from here? You know, obviously people looking at it as as the league is hemorrhaging money and you know you acknowledge the broadcast agreements that everyone would like to fulfill yet Celtics owner Wick Grosbeck on the radio recently and didn't really to his credit want to say anything didn't want to speculate on any sort of timeline or anything like that why would you but then by the same token uh, as we chat you had Bucks owner Mark Lazary on CNBC sounding confident as though the NBA playoffs are going to be held in July or August so it's you know you have some people saying some things other people saying other things other people not talking at all do people need to kind of refocus and and get aligned here yeah you know i think there's a little bit of that i think one of the things you need to look at here is when the owners aren't wanting to talk it's out of caution i think is 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 the biggest thing it's nobody wants to jump out there and be the one who says yep we're coming back because then it's going to get thrown right back in their face if it doesn't happen and i think that's also adam silver's guidance has been let's let's be tempered in this let's be smart about how we talk about this let's not get crazy here so i think that is um you know one of the things that's really important i i think though i I think you're right in that It, it is there's some inconsistencies out there. And I think some of it is driven by, Hey, we got to get back at this. We got to start making money somehow. We don't know there's not going to be fans in the arenas the rest of the season, no matter where the season is played out. If, if the season is played out at all, but it's, if I can get some TV money in, if I can get some ad money in, then I need that money. Um, Tillman for Tita and the Rockets. We know that they're not doing great uh, down there in Houston. And that's something that they're going to have to work through and figure out. So I think, there's there's definitely motivations there's motivations from the player side too you know people look at it and say well lebron james makes you know 40 million dollars a year and then you know another 100 million in endorsements he's fine yeah you're absolutely right he's fine the guy at the lower end of the roster the uh you know the um two-way players the tacos and tremont waters type players uh for the celtics those guys are not getting super rich this year now they're probably making more money than your average person but they're not you know, pulling in tons and tons of money. Even the the uh, roster guys like Javante Green, who's on a league minimum deal, that's still, yeah, that's more money than I'll ever make in a year. But the reality <laughs> is he's not, you know, he's not a millionaire. He's not making millions. So that is, you know, a chunk of it too. And you always got to remember, you know, even if a guy makes a million, half of that goes to taxes and his agent and everybody else. And then it's split up over, you know, 24 payments a year and all those things. And then once you start talking about, okay, May 15th, you're going to start missing 25% of your paycheck. That starts to change a lot of guys' attitudes of, all right, I'm ready to play. Yeah, I'm ready. Let's go back because, you know, that does that. And then I even think you have the guys like LeBron who are fine financially, who feel an obligation to their teammates, to the younger guys in the league, to those guys that are towards the bottom of the roster. So, hey, yeah, they need this money. They need their chunk of it just as much as I need mine. And for them to get it, I got to be here and ready to go. 
So if the league resumes, obviously without fans, I mean, I think that's a foregone conclusion. What's the best way for this to happen? You know, is it finish out the regular season? Is it just the playoffs? Is it a shortened version of both? Is it a play-in tourney for teams in the hunt? Because we've already heard Warriors coach Steve Kerr say that Golden State believes that its last play season is over. The staff conducted basically exit meetings with players over Zoom. So what do you think? Yeah, I mean, uh, you could argue the Warriors season's been over since Christmas. So, right. you know, that's, yeah. You could know, have done those other, earlier. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, you know, and I get where he's coming from. And there's there's roughly 10 teams that are completely out of it. They, they have no shot. They're not anywhere in the, the playoff race at all. And then you have a handful of teams, most in the Western Conference, Pelicans, Trailblazers, Spurs, and Kings, who are still, they're chasing the Grizzlies. They're within striking distance. So one of the things I've heard is maybe we do some kind of, we take those 10 that are out of it, out of the mix. They're, they're out. Their season's done. Um, and then the rest of the teams, we do some form of shortened regular season. Maybe those teams that are short of a playoff spot, treat it a little more like a, like a preseason and get us ready, get, get ramped up and ready to go. But that'll allow us to get to where we need to be to deliver on those, those uh, TV contracts. And to get us to to a point where our players are ready to go and allow us to finish out some semblance of the regular season. There's been a talk of maybe this is the time to do that playing tournament for the last couple of playoff spots on each side. Yo, and do do that because it's a different thing. I think the NBA is a progressive league. Um, and they were willing to do that. The one thing I know is a hundred percent off the table, well, let's say ninety-nine point nine percent off the table, because I don't think they've taken anything fully off, is mm-hmm. any form of single elimination tournament. Adam Silver is rejected at every time it's come up because he doesn't believe it crowns a true champion. And he yep. likes in the NBA that the best team, you feel confident that the best team wins. So I think that's a really important thing there. So you could see the playoffs. I think if the playoffs come, they're still going to want to do series. They might be shortened down. Maybe have some best of threes, best of fives, finals, still a best of seven. But you could see some back-to-back games, which you don't see in the playoffs. And they're like, just because you're trying to work in a condensed time frame. The number one thing I've heard is we got to be done by Labor Day. That's kind of roughly the end target goal because one, now you're not running into the football season too much and they know that's a concern. And the other piece is then you don't have to push back next season too far. You could push it back to maybe starting, you know, mid December versus starting in mid October because you're really a couple months later than you usually are versus being, you know, months and months later. So that's something that I think is a consideration as well. All right, well, nothing is going to happen with regard to leagues restarting without widespread testing of players, team officials, arena employees. I think, anyway, that's fair to say. I mean, I'm no government official, but that's my belief, <laughs> and, and that's a lot of what you read out there. All the more so, of course, because basketball is a contact sport. So it's not even like it's baseball where maybe you could avoid some of that stuff and start earlier. I think basketball, you have to have that. And on top of it, of course, the level of isolation that would be required of players, which might in and of itself be very unrealistic you hit on that earlier you know leaving your families for a couple months at a time if it came to that if you know if you couldn't go to disney and take them with you that type of thing so that's why we're months away not unlike by the way the nhl talking about a july restart and september championship even if you can get on in that case the ice by mid-may something like that if if in basketball you can get into facilities in a week or so in some places maybe that sets up for the appropriate timeline but all that said just your gut feeling, you know, we just talked about what's the best way to do it. Your gut feeling, will this happen? You know, will we see basketball again before the fall? I'm going to say yes. I think there's enough motivation from all sides now 
to do that, I think. We're now really staring down two weeks away from missing that first paycheck. And I think, or not missing it, but missing a big chunk of it. Mm -hmm. And I think that is a huge factor for the players that might have been on the fence. And I think there is that side of it. I think the owners want to get back. And I think they want to finish out what was a really great season with some form of champion. I don't think they want to have this, you know, fun regular season where multiple fan bases were engaged and in belief that they could could win. And they don't want to be in a spot to say that's just a blank spot in the record book. Nobody won that that year. So I think it's I, I I've I've gone back and forth. You you know, ask me a week ago, I might have felt differently. You ask me a week from now, I might feel differently. Hmm. But right now, today, with everything we know, I do think that there's enough motivation and there's enough workable ways to make it happen that we're gonna get some form of basketball back here, probably within, you know, the next couple of months. Uh, let's call it, you know, um, you know, June, late June, July, and that finishes out our season. Let's zero in on the Celtics then. Let's have that optimism. Which player is the most negatively impacted by the shutdown? And I'll add, like you said, Jason Tatum, at least he has a hoop at his house now <laughs> after not, you know, he said such a basketball for uh, more than a month. Which player is most negatively impacted by this stoppage? Let me start with clearly Danny Ainge needs to trade him. And I think that's what he was uh, <laughs> alluding to, right? When he was saying Tatum can come work out here if he wants, um, right. you know, on the media call last week. But no, I, but in all seriousness, I do think it is Tatum because he was playing so great. You know, he was absolutely on fire. And it's not because he's not, doesn't have a hoop and all that stuff. It's just, you you break even if it was the all star break you go yeah, you get into a fire. rhythm it's it's tough yeah you know he was playing so so great so I, I do think he's probably the guy who was hurt the most yeah I just building on that again Tatum was really dominating before the pause again that was early March March 11th I believe so if play does restart does it take him a while to get back to where he was will he even get back to where he was before the season finishes would that require a fairly intense training camp to you know sort of knock all that rust off I mean I recognize that everyone's in the same boat starting out for the most part except for maybe the guys I guess that have hoops at their houses and they're able sure. to stay in some sort of rhythm but when it Mike comes Connelly to MVP <laughs> well but yeah but even then you know you're not yeah. in game shape oh, you're not going against anybody like yep. it all well good if if you can work on on your shooting drills I guess but that's not the same thing as being out there on the no. court competing Yep. Yeah, not at all. And, and the one thing I want to say too, and I'll preemptively uh, put this out there is if Tatum comes back and he's only averaging 20 points per game instead of the, you know, uh, outlandish 30 plus he was on, right. you know, a streak of let's not go nuts because the 30 plus was going to end eventually anyway. He's not a yeah. 30 point per game scorer yet. Maybe he eventually gets there. You know, maybe I was wrong. Maybe that was what he was now, but, but I, I don't want to go crazy. I don't think we were looking at him uh, shooting, you know, 60% from the field. Field and you know averaging that many points no matter what when he comes back but yeah I, th I think he's the guy who's you know most you know probably bummed out to see this whole thing kind of come to an end so maybe on the flip side then is this shutdown benefiting say Kemba Walker with the knee any other players with their injuries does it almost equally hurt that there's no direct physical support from the team's training staff so you're forced to kind of rehab on your own we've heard Walker talk about that fairly recently and saying that that was you know a challenge he was doing as much as he could but he couldn't do everything you know how do you view that? Yeah, I think for Kemba Walker and Jalen Brown, those would be the two guys I would say are probably helped the most. Jalen Brown was dealing with all sorts of uh, ankle and hamstring issues with mm -hmm. both legs. And I think for him, his just seemed need, need to be, which they finally sat at him finally. Um, 
just needed some time off his feet. Hopefully that was, you know, the reality for him. And I think the the downtime will help Kemba Walker. I don't know about strengthening his, his knee and those kind of things. That probably is difficult. And hopefully he's able to still get in enough movement where he's not coming back, you know, completely cold. And again, that's why the NBA trainers have pushed for, we need three or four weeks before there's any kind of game action. Cause we got to get these guys ready to go. Otherwise you're coming back and saying, be ready for all sorts of soft tissue injuries, ankle sprains, pulled hamstrings, torn hamstrings, those kind of things. We got to be really careful because otherwise these guys, you can't just go from sitting on the couch for two months to playing an NBA basketball game. But I think Kemba and Jalen would be my two guys I would have at the top of the list sort of help the most. Maybe, maybe, uh, you know, Robert Williams as well. He was, you know, banged up and it only recently got back, but I think those are the guys who are helped. Probably Gordon Hayward too, right? I mean, yeah, what about the yeah, litany of injuries he's been dealing yeah. with? Yep. Yeah. And it sounds like that, you know, his uh, foot, ankle, leg injury there. It sounds like that's just a thing that's going to pop up from time to time. And we had seen it fairly recently where he had missed a couple games. So yeah, him being off his feet as well, you know, can't, can't hurt. The Celtics had the benefit of they're not a very old team. You know, mm-hmm. so they're not a team that, you know, needed a ton of rest. Like, you know, maybe some of these other teams did and can really benefit from, but I think, I think there's definitely guys who are helped, you know, by the shutdown, but it, it hits a tipping point, right? Two, there's, there's one where too much is too much. And now it's almost like you're starting back over again. I've heard a lot of hockey players in particular talk about this, maybe some basketball players, but definitely hockey, because as we know, I mean, there's nothing like the intensity of the Stanley Cup playoffs. You know, the the difference between the regular season and the playoffs, it's just ratcheted up to a whole other level in hockey that I don't think is as significant a difference, say, in basketball going from the regular season to the playoffs. It's just the talent gets better as the rounds go on and, and the uh, the gameplay improves. But guys aren't necessarily significantly more physical and all that. So when... All of this, if and when all of this does resume after such a long layoff and everything that we just talked about with medical concerns, training concerns, how at risk are these guys for re-injury to whatever it was they were dealing with that they've, you know, since mended and gotten over or just brand new injuries after the stoppage where, hey, we couldn't do anything for literally months and now we're back and a game or two in, oh crap. You know, I, I don't know, maybe I just tore my ACL. Like, I mean, and that's, that's a, an extreme example. Maybe it's a sprained ankle. Maybe it's some sort of a, a contusion somewhere. There are any, any sort of, uh, you know, long list of options. Yeah, it's definitely a concern that the league has, especially in their training staffs. My my partner over at NBC Sports, Kurt Halen, had wrote a long article where he talked to a bunch of different trainers with teams, and that was where they said three, four weeks at a minimum is what we need to get these guys ready because they're, again, these guys are, a lot of them are coming from full stop. They've done very little over this last you know month and a half to what's ultimately going to be probably at least two months by the time they're back at it. And they said, you, you go back out there and say, play and start running up and down. And what he uses as an example, he goes, if you haven't played basketball in months and then your buddies invite you to a pickup game, you feel like crap five minutes in. Now you might be able to get past it, but then the next day, can you even walk? Can you get out of bed? And, you know, as I'm getting a little older, there's some truth to that. Now these guys are younger. They bounce back quicker and those kind of things. But that is a, certainly a concern that, you know, these new injuries could pop up out of nowhere from guys who were completely healthy previous. And then, yeah, somebody like Kemba Walker, who's been dealing with some knee soreness, sounds like that was going to be a thing to manage for the rest of the year. You could see that go completely the great way of, Hey, the time off his feet did great. That's now not a concern. He's, you know, looking good to also being, you know, it was too much off his feet. He didn't get enough work in. And now, you know, he's, he's uh, beat up. 
So with respect to the playoffs, and again, maybe it's best of three, best of five, best of seven. Like you said, it's not single elimination. That's That would be the expectation. If the league began with just the playoffs, seeding doesn't jump around. Seas would drop the Sixers. Definitely another team helped by the layoff when it comes to getting healthy because you have Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, both these guys coming back when that was you know not the case before with uh, where we were at in the league. Would this be a bad situation for Boston with, you know, how, how do you view it? Yeah, it's a, it's a little different than it was looking like it could have been, you know, what, a, a month or two ago now when it looked like, well, Ben Simmons comes back. Who knows if he'll be able to go or not. Now it sounds like he'll be able to go. I, you know, as uh, someone who grew up on the Larry Bird Celtics, I am uh, always worried about back injuries. They, yeah. that, that more than any other injury in sports is one of the things I'm like, it just doesn't go away. It, you know, is one of those things you can be perfectly fine and then come up out of nowhere. And that's something that I worry about with that. So yeah, I think the Sixers are in, you know, as it stands today, they're in better shape and it's they're they're the team that I think is the most interesting um, if this season is lost on um, what happens because they had hammered that drum of we're built for the playoffs. We're built for the playoffs, not worried about their regular season. Once we get to the playoffs, we'll show who we are. And if that's lost, well, now you lost an entire year to do that. There's already the Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid questions. Brett Brown was probably going to have to have a heck of a playoff run to save his job. And, and if there isn't one at all, what does that look like? And that, and that may give them a little extra desperation in that first round of, Hey, we, got to make this work this is where it was they could come out you know firing and play a little bit harder so it's gonna be really interesting to see if that's a matchup that ultimately comes to bear is you know what does that look like well there's a lot obviously to consider a lot on the table no certainty in virtually any regard as we chat right now but just the evolution of news of reporting of interest is really fascinating and maybe you know in, in the coming weeks we'll be able to talk about teams being in facilities and uh, i'm very curious also to see how that impacts players who are i mean maybe they're living in uh wherever it is that they're from like Jalen brown is in georgia for instance and how does that impact and guys go and well i guess before i let you go keith we'll end with this because it does circle back to some of what we talked about you know can guys who are not in their home team markets like it, if players are in boston well you're screwed right now you can't mm-hmm. go work out at the hour back center but if georgia reopens and Jalen brown is there can players who play for other teams but they're in a certain market certain community can they go into you know nba team facilities that are not their own to work out or are you limited to the you know are you restricted by the team's states that you play in yeah it seems to be no to the answer of can they just go and work out with another team's facility right now now that could be changed that was one of the things i think why they put that pause in until well, it's slippery slope too not to cut you yeah. off because then you just have players traveling to those markets where they yep. can work out and that was it yeah and that was i think they wanted to avoid that they wanted to avoid well Jalen brown let's use him an example i'm in georgia i can't go work out with the hawks Oh, but hey, LA Fitness is open. Let me go right. get in there. And now he's getting in a run with a bunch of who the heck knows who these people are and, you yeah. know, those kind of things and, you know, what sanitation levels are. Cause there's obviously all these guidelines. So that's a big chunk of that pause until May 8th is figure that out. And it would not surprise me if one of the ultimate decisions we get out of that is, okay, these places are open. And if players are in the vicinity or can travel there safely, yeah, we can get them in and they can work out in those areas that wouldn't surprise me at all if that's what ultimately comes out of this well he's mickey mouse's man he's the walt disney <laughs> whisperer he's keith smith a good friend of obviously this program right here celtics beat and you can find his work yahoo and 
uh, Real GM, and he's done stuff with NBC Celtics blog. He's all over the place. And Keith, obviously, we uh, you know wish you the best during this time of uh, uncertainty when it comes to everybody just hoping that that the real world gets back going again and the league gets going again, and we have real sports, live sports again, not just the simulations that we all enjoy in the video games as well. So, Keith, really appreciate you hopping on. I appreciate it. Thanks, man. I hope everybody stays safe, you and yours. All right. Well, once again, want to tell you today's show brought to you by Awaken 180 and betonline.ag. Visit the website or use your mobile device. Join today to receive your new welcome bonus. Thanks to Evan, John, Nick, Larry, everybody at CLNS Media. Do us a favor. Give us a rating, a review on iTunes. Subscribe to the show, Celtics Beat. You can just go to iTunes, search Celtics or Celtics Beat. It'll pop right up. We appreciate you guys. We'll be back with you next time with hopefully even more with this great evolution of news. I'm Adam Kaufman. Gino, get us out.